Welcome to the LWD podcast. Uh, it is the only podcast that is not only LW, but also D. And speaking of D, we have my co-host here, Mean Dean Enziano, here in the studio. How you doing today, Mean Dean? Hey, how are ya? <laughs> that, that is a good exemplifier of the Mean Dean moniker. This is why you have it. Yes. Because of because of things like that. That's a very mean mean phrase I used there. Just, a lot of aggression. Y- just the raw hatred yeah. that was coming through your voice. You could feel it. Like I could feel people around me wetting themselves to it. They were most assuredly wetting themselves at the sound <laughs> of that. Um, great timing that we start the podcast just as soon as our, our good old friend the uh, water heater decides to kick in. I was worried he was going to miss this episode, to be honest, because when we were trying things out and we're testing the microphones and the volumes, he stayed put. But now that I'm, I'm really glad that now, you know, that now that we're into the thick of things. Sometimes, you know, a surprise entrance is needed. Sometimes a surprise entrance is needed. Like, listen, he is Edge at number 21 in the Royal Rumble, <laughs> right? Just just as this podcast is starting to lose momentum. Oh, he he di- he dipped away on us. Just like Edge. Just like when Edge. When the Rumble was starting to lose momentum. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God my house has a Roman Reigns that put an end <laughs> to the excitement that is Edge entering the Royal Rumble in my home. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we had a we had a pretty jam packed, you know, week this week in professional wrestling. Uh, we actually just finished watching Monday Night Raw. Um, yes, Raw. Would you Would you think of this week's Raw? Um, not bad. Um, I thought it was interesting. I'm still kind of getting used to it. So, like, I mean, other than you know the big faces like Rollins, I I'm still kind of learning some people you know i'll recognize don't know their name some people i like, don't know their name but i could recognize them you know what i mean you know yeah. how it goes um so there's nothing that really stood out like i'm still kind of trying to figure out who i like for modern wrestlers and all that but i don't think it was, i didn't think it was bad at all i is enjoyed it is there anyone that you just dislike right now um kind of getting back into it or you're just like nope i don't get them they do not gel with me Yes. Right now, the only person coming to mind was, uh, I completely forget her name, but the wrestler that you said did not have mic privileges for the past year. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Logan. Okay, yeah. Good old, Um, good old. Uh, So for those of you out there who who may not recall this, um, the last promo Sarah Logan did before this week's Raw was actually when she was a part of the Riot Squad. And they had a segment with Daniel Bryan when he was the GM of SmackDown. And the line she was supposed to say was, have you even eaten game meat? But the fact that she is not a good microphonist. I get. Would that be the word? Is it? I, I believe is, it. Is it? Micro- I'll take that. She's not a good microphonist, <laughs> and she she has the the thick, you know, southern accent. So what she actually said was, "I bet you have never tasted gay meat," and thus the nickname "gay meat" for Sarah Logan was born. So you're not a fan of gay meat? No, I'm not. <laughs> she. Uh... She just, it, it seemed like there was, there was a lot she was trying to do and it wasn't entirely believable. Which, by the way, the fact that she is, her character at that time was a basically a bad backwoods redneck from the South. The fact that she insinuated that the problem with Daniel Bryan is he has not tasted gay meat carries some terrible implications. <laughs> So you didn't like gay meat. Um, <laughs> there is, uh, there's actually another wrestler I know you don't like. Who you you said it while we were watching. Uh, why can I not think of it? That was not long ago. Um, who I forget. It was Kevin Owens. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, my my mind is stuck on the female wrestlers. Yes, Kevin Owens is another one. I just don't. I don't think he's believable. Like. 
every time I see him, it seems like, and then I've had this issue with a lot of wrestlers, it seems like their entire persona has no creativity and it's pure ego with no validation or anything, no justification, no reason for it other than them claiming it. Okay. Um, and he's another one of those people where I feel like that's kind of what he's built up to be and that, I mean, he can he can get through a match, but he, even his wrestling isn't entirely believable. You don't think his wrestling's believable? I mean, from what I've seen, no. He could he could take a punch. He can't necessarily throw it in a believable way, in my okay. in my opinion. From, okay. But I also I've only seen a few matches of him over the past few years. Mean Dean with the Jim Cornette takes here. <laughs> um, do you know who Jim Cornette is? I do not. Jim Cornette is a he was a, he was a, an executive for WWE. He's a, he was a manager. You may have actually seen him. he managed like all the bad guys in the in the mid nineties. He came out with like a tennis racket. Um, that sounds very familiar. Really high pitched Southern voice. He just his his existence now was just bitching about how like everything was better in the olden days. So so what you're telling me is now I am officially a manager. I guess you're officially a manager. <laughs> I like it. But you're I'm managing you're managing gay meat. Can I also manage the uh, the water heater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I a mean, big dog right now. He's getting up he, there. He's the big dog. He's, he's making a lot of noise. He's Edge and he's Roman Reigns, <laughs> put together, the worst of both worlds. He's like if you if you take Roman Reigns right, but like subtract his charisma and wrestling ability and combine it with Edge's neck, that's that's what the water heater is. And so, make it like ninety nine point nine percent metal you got your work cut out for you i do that's that's pretty impressive um so yeah let's let's actually talk about some things here um one thing i wanted to touch on uh was was seth rollins okay uh so what did this is this was kind of one of the biggest because i know you're you're getting back into it you're still kind of on and off with watching right yeah was this kind of the first major look into seth rollins um recently yes um there was not long after shield had broken up we had watched a bunch uh for a few months like right. every every week or two we watched we, we kept up a little yes bit. i, I so remember I see, making you watch Shield. Yeah. <laughs> so so i got to see a lot of him back then but as as of more recent stuff that's probably the the biggest i've seen him uh so far like the most time i've seen so we we talked about this a little bit and i'll i'll give my opinions that i went over with you but what do you uh what do you feel like his uh his messiah character that he's kind of rolling with now it's funny because i didn't even acknowledge it until you had mentioned it right because uh, and i think part of that is my issue with with purely basing people off of ego is you can't tell characters like that without being specific so that actually leans into and i got into this with you but that leads into my point which i don't think i don't think they're leaning into that character enough yeah Um, i I would agree it's got to really stand out to be different from the other egos (laughs) (laughs) right like i you know he's he's come right now the basis of the messiah character is he has disciples and he has a beard. And that's kind of it. So, yeah, but he's still only... Um, he's still only a maniac and not a megalomaniac. <laughs> and I, that's just how I see it. Like, right. I, and I, I like the idea. I think he's one of the people who could really pull it off and do well with it. But I, I agree with you. I think they really have to push it and, and make it stand out. I I no. want him I want him to go fully into this, right? I want him to I want him to have 12 disciples, not 3. I want his WrestleMania entrance to be Seth Rollins riding down the ramp on a donkey while like people wave palm branches. He has to him. wear sandals in every match too. Homemade sandals. He has to make them himself. <laughs> Listen, Seth Rollins, if you're listening to us and you're not even going to participate in stigmata, why are you trying? All right. Unless you are hammering nails into your hands, you're half-assing this and phoning it in. 
Um, no, no, but I do, I do really want to see him like lean into like those savior characteristics. I want yeah. to believe that this guy thinks he is the second coming. And I, I think that also adds to something I said a couple of weeks ago where like I, and I keep commenting on it, but like everybody's persona is purely built off of ego. Everybody just wants to be the best. I get that's a part of, you know, a competitive environment. But but with how they handle it, they don't allow creativity. Like the level right. of creativity, say in the Attitude Era, was tremendously larger than now. Yes. Like there is only a handful of people who are doing anything creative beyond the the basic, you know, quote, "I'm the champ. I'm I'm the best. You're trash." That's basically what everybody says. So I actually made a list of people okay. who I think I would like to see as disciples for Seth Rollins. Okay. Like I said, I want there to be 12 disciples. Um, I think this does a few things for him. Okay. Um, one, it makes him feel all the more important, right? He's not just some dude, like, talking out his ass. Yeah. You know, like, like people are buying into he, him. He, at the very least, he's attempting to back it up. Right. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, aside from, so we got the three right off the bat. Uh, buddy Murphy, who's apparently he's just Murphy now. They've axed the buddy. There's nobody in Murphy anymore. Really? Yeah, I, it's a thing. Vince McMahon hates first names or last names, and you only get one. So I can keep my first name? Or, well, maybe just your last name. Oh, but my last name is so Italian. Oh, then that's the one you're going to keep. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So, so uh, we have Buddy Murphy, we have Akam and Rizar, the AOP. Uh, on top of that, I would add... Uh, Alright, so here's, here's how I would introduce the next one. Okay. Right, so at WrestleMania, and we can kind of get to this later. At WrestleMania, we, we kind of see the, the, sow, the seeds have been sown for um, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Yes. Right? So Becky Lynch is the real-life... I think fiance now of Seth Rollins. Really? Yes. So what I want to see is for Seth Rollins to come out in the middle of that Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler match and make Becky lose. Turns on Becky, lays her out, Shayna joins. That would be awesome. Because that would be genuinely not expected right but i i also think that while doing that they should all chant that he's dating the man right <laughs> right they and they've actually they've actually done like mixed tag matches together in the last year and nobody's ever made fun of them for dating the man oh no they absolutely have <laughs> awesome uh, okay. actually Be becky lynch uh <laughs> referred to him as the man's man <laughs> that's amazing i like her now <laughs> Was it was she on your list of not liking before? Um, no, I actually like the, the uh, from what I've seen of her, I do like her. Um, I think there are certain things she needs to learn to sell better. Um, she doesn't sell exhaustion well. She just looks too pretty doing it. I guess I don't know. Okay. Um, no, it's just there's no there's no real emotion behind it, and you can kind of see it. Yeah, it kind of looks like she's just kind of blanking and letting. You know, oh well, this is the line I gotta say. This is what I'm. It's expected. Like it's more of a thoughtless action than an actual response. Okay. Um, other than that, I think she is actually really good. She's very intense. Yeah. And I think overall she's believable, and she's she's very good. I you know I think she's the best character in a long time. Yes, uh, um, a great character. And I think um, I I think she's the top person right now regardless of gender she is the biggest star that exists in in the wwe um and i think you can get such nuclear heat on seth rollins if he if he throws away the relationship if he throws away if he turns on her and and kind of takes shayna into shayna is legit um you know shayna shayna is great in the ring but i think where she'll kind of squander is on the um, NXT is doing a really good job about like hiding her her deficiencies. On, on the, she's not a good microphonist. She's she's a believable microphone. Like for what her character is, she does well. But I think 
if she were to buy in to what Seth Rollins is is kind of selling and and she were to go all in on that and use her strength and her purposes i think i think he sh- she should be like his straight up bodyguard like she should be the women's champion with Seth Rollins um and i think she should be like beating the shit out of the people who he's going up against so she needs to buy in not bite in <laughs> we'll yeah. get to that later <laughs> okay um, i thought of that and had to say it <laughs> from there i'd want to see uh, montez ford uh, which would be a, a surprising name. So um, the Street Profits, the tag teams. Okay. Um, they're usually, they're, they wear different colors most of the time. It's red. Um, they're great dancers. I can't quite picture them. All right. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I can always show it to you later. But um, so there's two guys there, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Montez is a star. Montez has star written all over him. He he carries himself like a star. He talks like a star. He moves like a star. Like this guy is is money, and he's going to be separated from that tag team eventually, and he's going to get a singles push because he's that good. And I think this would be a perfect place for it, um, for him to kind of sit under a guy like Rollins, kind of learn, you know, how to be a star. You know, I think he'd be fantastic. That makes a great point, too. It's not just opportunity for Rollins and building his persona. It's opportunity opportunity to try and place people where they need to be for various reasons, whether it's an opportunity or, or to learn or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so the next, uh, the next two on the list um, I put on because I think, one, they'd be a big impact. Um, you know, they, and, and because of the nature of what they're both doing right now, it's going to, it's going to give Seth more credence as a, as a cult leader. Um, and that would be Rusev and Lashley. I would have him take both Rusev and Lashley, but not Lana into the group. They both distance themselves and disavow themselves from Lana these are some really fun feud ideas. I like them. Yeah? Yeah, I really like them. So we get Lashley and Rusev. We have two heavy hitters. We have guys who can compete in main event or just kind of sub-main event levels who are now pledging themselves. Uh, and then the rest of the guys here, uh, well, before I get to the rest, um, I, I put MVP on on the list. Um, his in-ring career is over. He would be a great mouthpiece for the group. I could almost even see him taking on like a preacher type of role. Um, MVP is who was with uh, Drew McIntyre. Okay. This, this yeah, weekend. I could see that. that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, so mostly, mostly as a mouthpiece for the group as a whole, Seth is doing the talking right now. Seth is great at doing the talking. But I would I would like to even see MVP kind of step in as a managerial role, too, for some of the other guys in the group. Um, and then the rest of the guys on here I have as reclamation projects. Guys who aren't getting TV time. I mean, a group of 12 guys is huge. A, yeah. a group of 12 guys who you are actively booking and doing stuff with is almost unmanageable. You know, the 12 is more in the storytelling rather than that being a good size it for a group. Sounds weird, but I think it also should be what they're aiming for, though. Because, right. I mean, they seem to focus on one small part and just try and push that forward and forward and forward. But they don't realize you can do that and build a whole world around it and literally include everybody. Yes. So the rest <laughs> of the guys I want to add on are guys who are not getting TV t- TV time right now. We're not necessarily going to be writing storylines for them, but we're giving them exposure by putting him in the ring next to Rollins. They can they can become... If someone wants to like fight Rollins, you can easily just be like, hey, you have to go through a gauntlet. Right? If you want to get to Rollins, yeah. you have to run the gauntlet. And we can throw out like six guys who you can just mow through, and, and it's not going to hurt, you know, a yeah. whole lot. Uh, but the rest of the guys I have on the list to kind of fill out the numbers are uh, EC3, um, Shelton Benjamin, and uh, EC3, Shelton Benjamin, and Eric Young. Oh, and Cedric Alexander. Um, EC3, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Eric Young would be would be the last four 
in that group. So okay. they're guys who are not on TV right now. They're not being utilized. Um, but you can you can shine a light on them uh, by putting them with Rollins. Um, I've heard other people. I've I talked about this with someone who suggested Mojo Rollins and No Way Jose. I could see it, but the problem is they're terrible. <laughs> right? They're they're not good on the mic. They're not good in the ring. You know, they're. Let them keep doing what they're doing. They're not going to help this group. This group's not going to help them. It's not really going to propel them. They're just going to be perpetually where they are right now. So I'd like to see those other guys kind of get a shot. And so I think the entire thing rests in... So I'd book this kind of over the next year. Right? So Seth has strength in numbers right now with with these 12 guys. That's the thing. He needs a following. Right. So, yeah. so with these twelve followers, he has he has numbers beside him. Yeah. So, like, who can, like, you know, you, right now they're throwing Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders at them, and great, it's it's match versus match. But like, who? What twelve guys? What thirteen guys? If you're counting Seth, what thirteen guys are you going to put together to be able to stand against? this group and and you know even guys like uh shelton benjamin ec3 um cedric alexander the guys who you're not going to book strongly individually you can book them strongly as a group right yeah Uh, it's the it's the cohesive unit it's the singular focus they they have um they have a common goal that they're trying to achieve and because of that as a number they're strong even if the sum of you know the parts isn't you know the sum is equal you know what i'm trying to it's say like the, it's like the thanos avengers R- type of conflict inciting more conflict like right a stronger conflict to right the, the, kind yeah of thing. yeah um, the sum is greater than its parts basically yeah um so what i'm what i would do with this seth eventually takes down drew mcintyre um probably at SummerSlam. seth beats drew mcintyre for the WWE title and he's on top again. He's the champion and he goes through and like his followers just systematically destroy everybody. But just like in the original 12 disciples, there is a Judas, right? There's going to be a guy who, and his name won't actually be, Judas. his name won't actually be Judas. Yes. Well, maybe that's why they got rid of buddy. Maybe they're going to reveal he's Judas. He's Judas Murphy. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so so Judas Murphy, he can you know, uh if you want if you want him to win the Royal Rumble to do it, he can do it. You know, if you if you want to paint him as a pure good guy, um you can have you can have Seth kinda put it on his followers to win the Royal Rumble so that he does not have to go to WrestleMania to defend, you know, his title. He can you know, he can just watch. He's he's safe. So they go out there and they do it. Buddy Murphy succeeds. And, you know, Seth's celebrating because he doesn't have to defend at WrestleMania. But Buddy is thinking, wait a minute. Like, isn't our group main eventing WrestleMania the best thing possible? And Seth's like, no, the best thing possible is for me to not have to have to do work. And you can kind of erode that relationship there. You can have them expel Buddy from the group. And then he can go on to to WrestleMania. If you don't think Buddy's ready, I mean, Lashley's in there. Rusev's in there. Um, There are other guys you can do it with. If you're not sold on any of them, it doesn't have to be at WrestleMania. Uh, But I I think there's there's a built-in story there with a Judas in the group kind of turning on the overall vision. Yeah, I think that's one thing that the lack of creativity is really messing with from what I've seen. Um you can't build proper stories if you don't have consistent and creative personalities to build around. Right. And I, I think one of the things they're missing too is they're missing a vision. You know, there yeah. there's no there's no end game in sight. They're book it, it feels like they're booking week to week. Yeah, I was going to say it seems kind of like they're winging it depending on responses and I, and that may not be the best way to go. Yes. So so I think and I've I've brought this up before is you know, WWE they go, they go, they kind of do two different things at once. You know, on one hand, yeah, they're too reactive, you know, um, but at other times, you know, they're too stubborn 
And with, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Like they, they're going to push who they're going to push, but then sometimes they, they put too much credence on, you know, well, they kind of, it gets weird. Cause I understand what you mean. And I feel like they also do those at the same time. Somehow they do those at the same time. Like yeah. it, it, like it's hard to describe, but I think, um, I think like, uh, Reigns is a good example where yes. like they they constantly pushed him and all that but at the same time like they creatively held him back so much you like know, it's it's so weird you know what it's like it's and they it's, tried to force fans to to agree with them and it's like it's not really how fans work <laughs> you know it's it's like i i think i think a good analogy for it would be like game of thrones I, th- I think i brought it up in the podcast before but if you're writing game of thrones if you're george martin and you have a story arc perfectly laid out for you know ned stark um you know let's say ned stark's gonna live beyond the first book spoilers haha you should have watched the fucking thing already all right <laughs> then that show came out like 10 years ago ned stark got his head cut off like back i don't know before the internet was a fucking thing like if you just, haven't just like every movie and show that that actor's in he died he dies spoiler <laughs> warning it's like 30 seconds way too late but spoiler warning that's that's become a thing too you know that he's been typecast as characters that died get, he has yeah, yeah in everything but let's say let's say you're going to keep ned stark alive right yeah so you have this entire arc for Ned Stark, right? So we've got Ned Stark written from book one to book seven. And then like underneath Ned Stark, we have Jamie Lannister and we're just going to wing his shit week to week. Right. (laughs) So you're kind of, you're kind of doing both. Um, where the problem is you're, you're, um, you're kind of going week to week with Jamie, but the thing is like, you start doing good things with Jamie. Right. And, you start building some momentum behind Jamie and the reader really gets behind Jamie. And then Jamie's story intersects with Ned's story and Jamie cannot overcome Ned because you have already written Ned's story. So even though the audience is starting to support Jamie, which none of this would ever happen in game of Thrones, by the way, he's the most (laughs) despised character for the first half of it. Um, but you know, you can't intersect those characters because you're either going to disrupt your story or you're going to disrupt, you know, the momentum that you've built behind. And that's what the problem is with WWE is they have these long-term goals and the long-term stories for one character and they're just kind of winging it and going, you know, as the moments go by for the other guy. And when they intersect, all you get is carnage. Yeah, there's no there's no consistency, there's no real overall story. It's it like it ends when there's injury and it just depends on what they think fans will like. So right. it's so it's such a tricky thing and it's really based off of perspective more than it is any real understanding or knowledge. And I think that's what's more concerning. So, on that note, yes. Would you like to play a game? I would like to play a game. All right. So we've got a game that I think I th- I'm going to enjoy. I don't know if you're going to enjoy it, but well, I'm going to fucking I'm... love it. <laughs> um, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we are actually going to test uh, some of your some of your knowledge here. I thought you were going to tell me to close my eyes and open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, it's it's a this or that game, okay? Right? I like so, that. So so I have a bowl here. So for those of you listening, Dean has no idea what we're about to do. I have gone out of my way to not tell him what this game is. Yes, I am completely clueless. All right, so this is going to be a this or that game. I have a bowl with uh, with names written on them. And, okay. and I've put them in the bowl to randomize them, so there's no patterns, there's no rhyme or reason to whatever I pull out. Um, you're going to have one minute. Okay. I'm going to read the name, and you are going to tell me if that name is a pro wrestler or a drag queen. That sounds fun. All right. I like that. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, we're going to start this in three Two, one. All right, uh, Medeja. Oh, that's a tough one right off the bat. All right, we'll pass. Uh, Acid Betty. 
I'm going to say wrestler. Drag queen. Oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> Alaska Thunderfuck. Oh, that's... That's a queen? That's a that's a drag queen, right. Okay. Uh, Balls Mahoney. Wrestler? That is a wrestler, yes. Oh, cool. Uh, let's too. go back. Medasia. Uh, wrestler. That is a wrestler, oh, yes. Yes, I'm on fire. Uh, let's see. Coco Beware. Wrestler. That is a wrestler, yes. Uh, Gorgeous George. Wrestler. That is a wrestler. Good job. Uh, ben Della Creme. Drag queen? That is a drag queen, yes. Wow, I'm on fire. You are on fire here. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Kim Chi. Uh, wrestler? It's actually both. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I win either way. <laughs> Ginger Minge. Oh, goodness. Drag queen? That is a drag queen, yes. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Eggs Benedict. Drag queen? That's a drag queen. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman. <laughs> wrestler. That is a wrestler, yes. The greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, mass Transit. Uh, wrestler? Yes, that's a wrestler. By the way, some of these are not counting because we are well over a minute, but I took the time to do all these, so we're doing all of them. I'm into it. I'm winning right now. <laughs> Johnny Hotbody. I just want to say that's a wrestler. That is a wrestler, yes. Uh, let's see here. Beulah McGillicuddy. Drag queen? That is a wrestler. Oh, my first wrong one, I think. No, you've had quite a few wrong Did ones. I? Yeah. Oh, I thought I had. Oh, I thought I only had one or two. Uh, you had uh, you had two beforehand. Oh, okay, two. Phantasmo. Wrestler. That Phantasmo is a wrestler. Yes. Uh, let's see. Meatball. Meatball. Uh, I just want to say that's a wrestler. That is a drag queen. That scares me. <laughs> Uh, next we have it's better as a wrestler name Pandora Box drag queen that's a drag queen yes uh, <laughs> Hedda Lattice uh, a wrestler that is a drag queen uh, I really wanted to see Hedda Lattice fight James Manfield a uh, wrestler that is a drag queen Oh, goodness. There's a lot of them. <laughs> the Shockmaster. That's a wrestler. That's a wrestler. Okay, cool. <laughs> the Princess. The Princess. A wrestler? That's a drag queen. Oh, that seems way too straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I cho chose it. You tricked me. <laughs> Alexandra York. Drag queen? Wrestler. Oh. Bob the drag queen. <laughs> Wrestler. <laughs> I wish. I wish so badly, but it's a drag queen. Pheromone. Oh, drag queen. That's a drag queen, yes. I, I, my piles are so fucked up right now, I don't I don't even know. Disco Inferno. Wrestler? Disco is a wrestler, yes. Anphetamine. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, drag queen? That's a drag queen, yeah. <laughs> Roadkill the Amish chicken plucker. I, I hope that's a wrestler. That's a wrestler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'd be a terrible name. <laughs> This one may be my favorite. Karen from Finance. <laughs> a wrestler? <laughs> it's a drag queen. Uh, Karen, how could you do it to me? General. <laughs> General Rection. Drag queen? Wrestler. Oh, that one got me good. <laughs> uh. And finally, the last one The Fabulous Moolah. Uh, wrestler. Yeah, she's also a drag queen, though. Not really, but... Those are a lot tougher than I thought they would be. <laughs> that was good, though. So it took us about five minutes <laughs> to get through those. Maybe I did too many. 
Not bad though. There was a large amount. We there, we went through it fairly quick. We I went think. through. Yeah, we went through. It. I uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see how many how many you got right before the uh, the time ended. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven before the minute. You got uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Uh, right total. So about a about a fifty fifty. A little not quite fifty fifty split. You got more right than you got wrong. Not bad. I'm so, guessing so because I'm, I'm I I was throwing them in piles here, and I'm pretty sure I <laughs> threw them in the wrong piles. It turns out that this was a fun segment, but it was such a shitty game. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's keep doing them. For, we're gonna keep up with fun segments but shitty games yes i feel um we should uh take suggestions on that too if anybody comes up with any uh quick short uh games that we could add in and have some fun with i feel like that might be fun get a little input from our listeners right yeah so if you have ideas that we can do for a game um not wrestlers or drag queens because that one's been taken already Maybe monster trucks and wrestlers. Oh, yeah. That'd be a fun one. Oh, how about one where you have to guess if something is a dungeon or a dragon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we'll get we'll do a we'll do a list of wrestlers, and you have to decide if it's a dungeon or a dragon, and the answers are based off of what I subjectively think. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Let's take a let's take a small break. Yeah. Uh, and then we can get back to it. All right, welcome back. Uh, there is absolutely no transition if you're listening, uh, because I'm not that good at podcasting. <laughs> so we literally—that was just a place to pause, if you so chose. Yeah. How did you? How did you use your pause time, Dean? Um, I ordered myself a Ric Flair flare gun. Oh, the Ric Flair flare gun. Yeah, the Ric Flair, as they call it. Is that the only flare gun with the flare of Ric Flair? Yes, it is. It shines as bright as his hair. Very interesting. Yeah. I listened to an audiobook in full. It was uh, Macho Man Randy Savage reads Fifty Shades of Grey. I've heard that it's lovely. I <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, yeah, and then Christian propped me up against the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, he unbuttoned my pants, yeah. And he snapped into a Slim Jim, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to get me a copy of that. You do need to get you know, some of the finest whacking off I've done in the last ten years. <laughs> All right, that was disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, let's let's talk about. We got into like some of the women's matches uh, here. So uh, a little bit earlier, I, I think I think we can dive into them. Okay. You want you want to dive into some women, Dean? Yeah, let's do it. Dive into some women. <laughs> All right. So on the raw side of things, we have uh, we have. It looks like it's going to be Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Okay. Uh, we found that out because. Uh, Shayna Baszler came into the ring and snapped into Becky Lynch's neck. Ooh, yeah. I really hope that they get real creative with her and turn her character into a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I would like that. She played that very well. A Jesus-following vampire? Yes. I like it. It hasn't been done before, has it? It, uh, in any medium whatsoever, yeah. How is how has yeah. there not been a Christian vampire character in any form of entertainment? I don't understand. It just they haven't done it yet, but but they've needed to for years. <laughs> um. So yeah, we got uh we got Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. It seems like on the Raw side, um, for NXT, it looks like we're getting Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. And then on SmackDown, we have Bailey as a champion. We haven't really gone ever anywhere with it yet, but it seems like uh, it seems like Bailey versus Sasha Banks, maybe the way they're going with it. I don't know what else they could go. You they'll, haven't really been probably watching. Give a bigger hint this week, right? Now that they're starting maybe? stuff up, it's um, close enough to where they start building story. Possibly. Okay. Um, so that I mean, that's the thing. It could it could happen. You know, this week it could happen after, 
you know, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, so it is it is kind of up in the air. Um, I'm really excited for Becky versus Shayna Baszler. Um, Shayna just came off, uh, like, the longest NXT women's title reign in history. She was the champion for well over a year. Nice. Um, Becky Lynch has actually been the Raw women's champion for a year. Um, Becky Lynch beat ronda rousey for it who is actually friends with Shayna baszler um so i think there's a lot of storytelling um for that i think it's an intriguing matchup because we've never seen it before and it's two dominant personalities who haven't done much losing not just dominant but very aggressive right um when you have two aggressive people going in a match, it's just always when it's a headlining match like that, like when you're doing WrestleMania or you know any pay per view. In my opinion, the best ones are the most aggressive. It is, yeah. So we have, you know, we have Shayna Baszler right now playing that unstoppable role. You know, yeah. she she's she's the um, she's the immovable object, so to speak. Uh, and then we have Becky as that irresistible force. Right. Becky's not the strongest. She's not, you know, the most intense. Well, no, she is the most intense. She's not the strongest. She's not the most athletically gifted, but she's the most driven. She's the most passionate. She's the one who will not be stopped. And and we're putting that against, you know, this. I mean, this is this is Stone Cold versus Andre the Giant is is kind of, you know, what we're what we're getting here. Um Except it's going to be a much better match because Stone Cold and Andre the Giant could not fucking wrestle. <laughs> Stone Cold was good at it before his neck injury, but he yeah. he kind of compensated a lot, um, you know. And but yeah, this is you know, yeah. So uh, I I think this is going to be I think this is going to be probably the best match of the three. Um, I think that would be really awesome too. I I mean. Ever since they've really pushed to have a lot more for women's wrestling, when they have matches that really go somewhere and really go well, they go absolutely amazing. Right. Um, so then over on the NXT side of things, we have Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. And actually, this one may be the best match as far as like the in-ring um, part of it goes. You know, they're, they're both, man, they're both fucking thoroughbreds. Charlotte and and Rhea Ripley they are both like genetic specimens um, they can both wrestle they both have a really good grasp of their characters um, maybe not quite as good as Becky Rhea's pretty close I mean Charlotte's kind of Charlotte's kind of the rock you sh yeah it, it seems that way and you showed me uh, some of the older stuff of Rhea and how she's changed right um completely reinvented herself i like that i do um i think it's the kind of thing that they need to do a little bit more and i think they need to give them a little more freedom to 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 get a little out there i think i mean it's supposed to be a show it's not always supposed to be as grounded as possible you know what i mean yeah um and i think that they actually they'll i think they'll actually play off each other well um yeah and then on smackdown bailey sasha banks you know, if if you told me five years ago that I'd be rolling my eyes at Bailey versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania, I would have slapped me in my lying mouth. <laughs> because five years ago, that was the best possible combination. But, I mean, their booking has been terrible. Both Bailey and Sasha, Sasha more so, are just so visibly burnt out. They took a character that was working with Bailey and they just flipped it on its head. And they completely changed everything. You know what they did to Bailey? They did to Bailey what they should have done to John Cena when he was kind really? of in his his prime. Um, you know, Bailey had her super kid friendly. Um, she had her super kid friendly gimmick. You know that she was she was working with, and now they're kind of getting her out of that comfort zone. They hacked off her hair. They're putting her in that. They, she she has a let me speak to your manager haircut now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they took away all the joy in her character. Bailey's not that well rounded a performer. It's not a bad idea to try and maybe get a little bit more out of her, but I don't know that I would have done that while she was the champion. 
I also think that's a perfect example of how they try and make choices that in action contradict what they're trying to do. Right. Like like talking about, you know, pushing too hard at one point but also being too willing to switch it up. Yeah. I mean, it was working. Uh, it was great. It was I definitely mean, a little stale. Yeah, you could, well that's the thing. You could have mixed it up, brought like that's that's part of it. There has to be a balance and it seems like they're so eager to throw somebody up in front and claim that no matter what he's going to drop everybody or she's going to drop everybody. It's always going to be that's the challenge that they don't realize everybody has their own abilities, their own ways of doing things, their own understanding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can use that to play off each other. It's not always about who's the toughest because sometimes the quickest will still beat them out. You know what I mean? Right. And then, and like I said, with Sasha, she's just so burnt. She actually, I read a quote. I'm going to paraphrase it because I, I don't remember it verbatim and I don't feel like looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally have a device right next to me that has all of the known information in the world. And I can pull up the direct quote of someone on the spot. I just don't feel like fucking doing it. All right. I want to sit here with my hands in my pocket staring at the screen guess what chicken butt you're doing a great job thanks uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so she basically said something to the to the point of um you know she wants to wrestle on the pre-show she doesn't give a shit as long as she's getting paid and if she's going to be getting paid the same amount might as well just get it over with i mean i don't think that's a bad way of looking at it especially with somebody who's gotten you know a fair amount of you know, spotlight. I I think it speaks to someone who's done with the company, who's kind of done with the bullshit, who's not going to yeah. jump through hoops for the, imaginary. Because from what I I personally hear from that is, uh, it, it does sound like it's exhaustion. You yeah. still want to do the work; it's still what you enjoy, but the way it's going isn't quite what you need it to be. I know? I think she's going to go to AEW. A lot of people are. And I think a she's... A lot of people and have gone there. You know what? It would be so great because AEW needs a strong center for the division. And I think Sasha could be that. What would you do if in like a year from now we look at the roster and half of half of the people were stolen and left to go to AEW. I don't think we're going to see that. <laughs> well, no, and not, not just because, I mean, they're going to try and keep everyone they can keep, yeah. obviously. Um, and some people are going to be really happy with the WWE. Um, you know, maybe not the spot they're currently in, but what the WWE can offer them after their that's, in-ring career that's true. is over. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of, a lot of people who you would think are going to jump, won't jump on top of it aew has gone on and said like we don't want the wwe rejects you know there's there's going to be cases where someone has a lot of untapped potential that the wwe didn't you know tap into um and they'll take those people but you know they don't necessarily want you know the randy orton's of the i mean i'm sure they wanted randy but honestly that makes a lot of sense too because i think uh Moxley is a great example of that. Right. Um, from now on, I will call him the Dean Poster for all you listeners. He is the Dean Poster. Because he's a fake Dean? He's a fake Dean. I'm a fan, but he's a fake Dean. He will always be a fake Dean, but I will always like him. You are really offended that someone had your name without actually... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is my special name. You stole it away for your fake persona, even though you were awesome and I loved you, and then you just left it. Would you be cool <laughs> with him if he was Dean Moxley? Yeah. I mean, I just like joking about it. <laughs> you, you wanna, you wanna know how I think out of touch Vince McMahon is? I'm ninety percent sure the name Dean is reference to James Dean because that's the last cool guy he could think of. Oh, I believe it. Like, I think that's... He probably the... looked over at him, and he was like, what's your name? And he didn't even listen uh, to the response. So he was like, he's, oh, Dean, get out of here. He's young, he's fresh, he's cool, he's like, James Dean. <laughs> that's it, you're like, Dean now. Like, if the most hip guy you can think of, like, died... <laughs> <laughs> like, 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's really cool these days? Buddy Holly. <laughs> no, no, What? 
<laughs> That's the most recent name you have to pull from? <laughs> uh, I, I I think I even read something like someone asked him like what's like what's your favorite comedy? He's fucking Abbott and Costello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I gotta say I agree with him. It's great stuff. <laughs> Vince, what's your favorite highway to drive? The Oregon Trail. <laughs> He's just I don't know. Um but yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna see, you know, a lot of the guys who I think I think a guy like E C three is gonna jump and and he's gonna do well in AEW. Well that's the reason why I had mentioned it, which that make does make a lot of sense, but the reason why I mention it is because it does seem like right now there's a lot of real potential that they're trying to do stuff with, but they're either trying to force the wrong things or they're they're taking away the creative control from the wrestler when they may actually need to have their input involved you know right which is the kind of the age-old you know adage i mean it's age-old but it's they've been doing it for probably about 15 years is they're just not giving you know these guys the freedom that they used to have in the attitude era and like don't get i think we have a tendency to look at the attitude era with rose-colored glasses because if you actually go back and watch the attitude era fucking sucked a lot of times well, I think, but it's funny though because I think the creativity was amazing. It was what it should be, but the the wrestling wasn't always up to par. The wrestling wasn't always up to par, but some of the stories were just stupid and bullshit. But the thing is, like everybody had one, and exactly, and I think that was the value of the Attitude Era is that everybody on the card, regardless of who they were, felt special. Because they felt like they had a voice. Right. Attention was paid to them. They were allowed to kind of flex a little bit. And I think if you get to that level of the profession, it's kind of deserved. I think so, too. If you are going to be signed to the WWE and you're going to be spending your Monday nights live on USA or spending your Friday nights live on Fox, um, you should have the freedom to do what you want. I think NXT might be a little bit different just because the, you know, the range of performers is going to, there's going to be, you know, your veterans on there who have earned that right. But there's also going to be kind of the newer people who haven't, but that's okay because they're doing a good job of scripting those people. Yeah. Uh, and they are hands on with all those people. But WWE is also kind of as odd as it might sound. It's also kind of mainstream. It's the mainstream it is, wrestling. Yeah. So it, like, I think that, even though I mean NXT, you know, is, is in my opinion equal and just as good in its own ways. There's something special about having the history and the brand of WWE behind you, and I think if you yes. get to that level, you you are deserving. I mean, you're you're not gonna you know start a business and and hire people that you're just going to have sit on the floor and and look pretty you know what i mean i think and it's it's weird like it's almost like they don't trust the wrestlers you know and that's I, what i mean like I, there should be more trust and respect in that aspect i think they're handcuffing them because of like advertisers because triple h and Shawn michaels used to go out and do shit that would piss off the advertisers they'd pull in massive ratings but they would lose advertisers over crotch chops and saying suck it and you yeah. know Things like that. I think they just want to make sure, like, no one's going to go out there and say, like, nipples but, and have Hasbro drop WWE. But I, I also think that that level of censorship is is counterproductive in wrestling. I mean, it's a, it's not like it's a f- entirely family friendly thing. It's a, it's it's an aggressive, violent, you know, and field of emotions basically with the audience going. And here's kind of the two edged sword with it is because it's not those things. It should be. For no pun intended, it should be raw. It should be, you know. And I mean, that's why they named the show fucking raw yeah, because exactly. it was supposed it was that's supposed why, to be that's this. Why I laughed. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed like, to be this unprocessed, you know, un, you know, it was supposed to be raw. Like you never knew what was going to happen, and it's become so just. It's. I don't even know the word, but but it's it's become so babyish, you know. Yeah. It's, it's focused on the kids. It's it's the opposite of raw. It's. Well done. I think it's, and, it's and not same, in a good way. Yeah, I think it's the same issue a lot of movies and even video games are struggling with these days. They're so desperate to draw in the biggest audience they can, 
that they stray from what it should be to make it something that's friendly for everybody. But the reality is you can't please everybody. And like, it's, it's such a, it's such a weird kind of dichotomy is because when raw was at its best, you know, creatively, um, their sponsors were shitty, you know? And then when it was awful creatively, they had really good sponsors, you know? So like, you're pulling in, you know, eight, you know, eight million viewers, but like you're being sponsored by like YJ Stinger and Stacker Two, you know, and then you're pulling in like, you know, half a million viewers or like two million viewers, but now you're being sponsored by like Mattel, by, you know, Amazon, and the sponsor they're making more money because they have better sponsors, even though they have less viewers. But and we don't have to get into this because this would probably be a huge conversation. But you know a lot more about business. Um, isn't there ways to compensate for that where you could still make it work happily? Um, there are by different thriving off your fans rather than sponsors. There, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, it's television, mm-hmm. and advertising is kind of the the lifeblood i just wonder it because i know there is a large amount that isn't televised there is a large amount that isn't televised but that part of that part of the business is dying right it's you know in the 80s and in the 90s um the it was a it was a live event business it was all about you know the house shows and the tv was to get people to come to the house shows and the house shows were, were kind of the driving force behind the revenue. But that's not really the case anymore. In that fact, it's a lot of sense with because things have changed a lot when it comes to TV right. and any sort of fandom, really. Right. Yeah. The live events right now, uh, I think the live events are probably breaking even. I wouldn't I don't really see much of a point to the live event. Like they're good to to kind of get some exposure for, you know, let some of the more inexperienced guys grind their teeth. Maybe that's why they're still around. I, and I think that's what their house show should turn into. Like, put on two or three big matches, you know, um, let and let the majority of your talent rest. Put on two or three big matches, fill the undercard stuff with guys who are just kind of cutting their teeth, learning to work matches. Let them have fun. Let them, you know, get loose. But, you know, preserve your guys a little bit more so it, they're not wrestling 300 days a year. That makes a good point. I mean, do they even have time for hobbies and all that? Like, no. That's the thing. Like, they're on the road like five days a week. Exactly. And and most of that, when you're not in ring, you're you're probably brushing up on you know what routine you're going to use what moves you're going to focus on like you're working out you're traveling exactly there's so many aspects when when you think of it like a strategic standpoint and you're looking at what you're planning you know what i mean yeah so much that really goes into it i mean honestly i'm surprised that they still do that or they do both the live televised stuff and you know all the uh, the rest just for just the, the live audiences right so it's a huge undertaking it's really your entire life even more so than i think i mean even even football and baseball and hockey and all that they have their off season you know what i mean yeah so it's it's a completely different thing i think it's it's far more of a wear on the wrestlers than they're willing to acknowledge oh do you hear that i do uh the furnace has risen up as a phoenix from the ashes to let us know that our time this week is done. <laughs> uh, I'd like to commend you, Dean, on putting together such a fantastic podcast this week. Thank you. You know, it was pretty easy. Uh, I kind of just had to sit here and tell you to do everything. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, you know, your equipment. Yeah. So, you know, it's getting easier every week. It's good. <laughs> So before we go, uh, why don't you tell us your favorite, I don't know, say something about Steve Blackman. That's our gimmick now. We're So uh, one time, right? Yeah. I want to hear your real personal stories with Steve Blackman. So one time in between seasons. Okay. Um, like between seasons of a TV show or in between like like fall and winter? Like of the TV show. Okay. He, uh, 
the finale ended with him getting shot. And the premiere of the next season revealed who shot him. Do you want to know who it was? I want to know who it was. want spoilers? Yeah. It was Maggie Simpson. I thought you were going to say J.R. I thought thought we were were going somewhere else with this entirely. I'll take it. That is a great Steve Blackman memory. A great Steve Mr. Burns Blackman? Yes, Steve Mr. Burns Blackman. All right, well, thank you for listening. If you are listening, uh, feel feel free. Don't feel Fred. That's sexual harassment. Feel free to go check out the League of Wrestling Debates Facebook page. Um, feel free to comment on it. Feel free to tell us what fuckwads we are. Feel free to add me. And and yes, feel free to add us on, on the Facebook, on the Twitters, on the... Uh, I don't know. What other things are there? Um, lots. There's, there's, a, there's, there's so many things. There's a internet out there. So yeah, the, the, you know... It, Send us friend requests. Tell us what games we should play. Uh, give us your yes, best Steve like Blackman it. memories, because that's ultimately what we're here for. <laughs> but uh, thank you, and good night.